Question received here via the internet from Anonymous. Probably the most popular name. (laughs) What's the most popular name in the world? Anonymous. Nameless. Subject, social service by prospective spiritual master. Respected Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Uh, While I was in college, I was preached to, I guess, by a group of devotees who were working under the guidance of a senior and very respected sannyasi in Iskon. I didn't have much association with the honorable sannyasi, but the devotees seemed to chant nicely. They were preaching from Srila Prabhupada's books, listening to his lectures, committed to his mission. And the honorable sannyasi seemed to inspire many such nice devotees. His lectures also seemed to be according to Krishna conscious philosophy. Seeing such nice devotees gave me faith in the guidance of him and I aspire to take initiation from him. But when I hear you say that Srila Prabhupada said that devotees should not do programs like midday meals, eye camps, etc., I feel doubtful about my aspiration. But whenever I hear his lectures, he always speaks about Krishna conscious philosophy. When I ask devotees about this, some say Prabhupada approved such programs and they're not sure why you are saying so. Some others say both approaches are required. Some sannyasis doing such massive public outreach programs and some, like yourself, promoting very pure Brahminical standards. Having both kinds is necessary in society for growth and for maintaining purity. Some others say the success of the group and the massive amount of shravan, kirtan and book distribution by them shows that they are loyal to Srila Prabhupada's teachings. So I am confused whether I should go ahead in my aspiration. I feel what you say about social service programs is correct. So if he mercifully accepts me as a disciple, will it be okay if I contribute anyway except the social service activities? <clears throat> Hmm. Yeah, I can understand why it's anonymous. You are confused. Better not be confused. One should accept a spiritual master to get free from confusion. Bring me Bhagavad Gita as it is. Srila Prabhupada directly addresses this issue. The Vedic wisdom advises that this is from Srila Prabhupada's purport to chapter 2, text 7 of Bhagavad Gita as it is. Karpanya dosho pahatasvabhava prichami twang dharma samurdha chetaha yatshaya syan nishchitam bruhitan me shishaste hang shadhi mang tong prapannam. Arjuna says, now I am confused about my duty and have lost all composure composure because of miserly weakness. In this condition, I am asking you to tell me for certain what is best for me. Now I am your disciple and a soul surrendered unto you. Please instruct me. Arjuna is confused 
Uh, and Srila Prabhupada comments on this. I won't read the whole purport. By nature's own way, the complete system of material activities is a source of perplexity for everyone. In every step there is perplexity, and therefore it behooves one to approach a bona fide spiritual master who can give one proper guidance for executing the purpose of life. Or perplexities of life, uh, we can, that's a very broad genre, but, uh, the basis of it we can understand is the confusion about what one should do. Uh, the perplexities of life which happen without our desire. Uh, skipping a little bit here. The Vedic wisdom advises us that in order to solve the perplexities of life and to understand the science of the solution one must approach a spiritual master who is in the disciplic succession. A person with a bona fide spiritual master is supposed to know everything. One should not therefore remain in material perplexities, but should approach a spiritual master. This is the purport of this verse. So it's the most serious decision, the most serious decision one has to make in the human form of life. Um, so it's best not to be confused in this regard. Um, I'm not confused on this issue. It's very clear from Srila Prabhupada's teachings that he didn't want his followers to... Uh, promote themselves as bodily welfare workers. He did give some provision for distri distributing prasadam to people who are in need of food. We distribute prasadam principally because people get spiritually purified by doing so. Uh, Srila Prabhupada also approved in Mayapur when there were many Bangladeshi refugees at the time there that prasadam be distributed. Um, but he didn't want that the movement be promoted as a movement that is uh, primarily concerned with bodily welfare activities which, uh, talking about the sannyasi in question, who I presume I know who you're talking about, uh, there, well, he is, he, he does present himself to the public as a bodily welfare worker. There are many presentations of his in which he does present that we're helping the poor and the children and feeding them without any mention of Krishna or that this is a spiritual uh, when I discuss this they say well it's spiritual we're distributing prasadam but there's no you wouldn't dream you wouldn't have any idea from seeing these presentations that it's got anything to do with anything spiritual whatsoever 
So this will create confusion. If you want to uh, be accepted as a disciple, if I contribute, you write here, I may be accepted as a disciple. Will it be okay if I, if I contribute anyway except the social service activities? How can you refuse if you're a disciple? You're supposed to accept everything. You can't take and pick as you like. So uh, don't be confused. It's saying that they, the success... The success of the group, the massive amount of Shavan, Kirtan, and book distribution shows that they are loyal to Srila Prabhupada's teachings. I'm sure that, that, that the most of the devotees there are not deliberately being rebellious to Srila Prabhupada, but if, uh, and I'm sure Srila Prabhupada is pleased with the book distribution, the massive amount of Shravan Kirtan, is it? You say it's in line with the philosophy of Krishna consciousness, but I may be considered fanatical. I know I am considered fanatical, but uh, I was saved from this hellish life of material existence. And the hellish, exist- the hellish life of material existence isn't only being born as a worm in stool, but it's it's also engaging in social services and being good and nice that's also it's also all nonsense but i was saved from all of this by Srila Prabhupada, who um was very clearly a transmitter of the truth without any compromise when we hear Srila Prabhupada, it is very he's very clearly all the time Distinguishing reality from illusion for the welfare of all. This is real social welfare work. This is the statement at the beginning of Bhagavatam. The Bhagavatam distinguishes illusion from reality for the welfare of all. So I am very suspicious about anyone who deliberately (coughs) avoids doing so. They may do it 1% 1% of the time, 10% of the time, whatever. But if they have a specific program to regularly do so, to make videos for YouTube saying how we're feeding the poor and helping to build the nation and all this kind of thing. Ah, I don't find Srila Prabhupada there at all. I don't find distinguishing reality from it. Rather, it's increasing the illusion. And there may be lots of Shravan Kirtan, but like I say, Srila Prabhupada, he clearly distinguished from reality from illusion. And uh, very clearly and very strongly. As, uh, and he, he used words, as Krishna does, in Bhagavad Gita, like fool, rascal, nonsense, and so on, which uh, in many quarters in our society today, it's there is bogus propaganda that you shouldn't use such words. But if you don't use such words, how can you repeat the message of Bhagavad Gita as it is? Because Krishna clearly uses these terms, of course, in Sanskrit. Ahankara vimudhatma Vimudhatma means great fool. Dushkriti, Krishna used this word, rascal. 
So they're very strong ones, but that's true. And to, to try and say that, well, to try and avoid that means one is avoiding to repeat what Krishna says and to repeat what every bona fide spiritual master says, because every bona fide spiritual master speaks the truth as Krishna spoke it. And Srila Prabhupada is clearly a bona fide spiritual master in doing so. So I'm very suspicious that even if other things are going on very nicely, if this is fully loyal to Srila Prabhupada's teachings, if you uh, if you say, okay, book distribution, very nice, okay, let's do that. But other things, well, not quite sure about that. And then other things which Srila Prabhupada clearly did not want his society to be, and what that is promoted, practically in defiance of Srila Prabhupada, and you may say, well, people like us for doing it. Srila Prabhupada knew that also. But still he refused to do it. You can read in the Science of Self-Realization, there's one article, what's that called? It, it, when from Atten, for Andhra Pradesh Drought Relief Fund, asked for permission to make a collection for the starving people at Srila Prabhupada's Pandal programs because he was attracting so many people. And Srila Prabhupada refused. And he said that the, <coughs> that the problems are caused by forgetfulness of Krishna. You come and join us. <laughs> it may seem very harsh, but that is the fact. So, one should be very clear in what he's doing. Uh, I've, uh, the matter of accepting a guru in ISKCON I've discussed in the Beginner's Guide to Krishna Consciousness. The basic point is that one should be in the disciplic succession by repeating the same by repeating the message of the disciplic succession, specifically by following uh, Srila Prabhupada. So, there may be success in a big group. Well, maybe then we should all join uh, Madhu Pandit's Ritvik Vadis. They seem to be more successful <laughs> than anyone. They started this bogus midday meals program in which they talk about we're, we're, say we're helping the children and so on. And completely mundane presentation. Very popular, gets lots of money, people like us. But uh, it's not what Srila Prabhupada wanted. And uh, yeah, if, yeah, they're very successful. So they, they say the same thing. We have many people. Therefore it's successful. But to have many people chanting Hare Krishna is good, but we have to see first of all if they're fully in line with Srila Prabhupada's teachings. Otherwise... It's off. It may be slightly off, but when you deviate, then you go off on a tangent and you go further and further and further and you find out you're way, way, way away. You're far away. So, anyway, uh, I've, dis I've discussed all these things also in some detail in that book, The Strong, on Strongly Speaking in Srila Prabhupada's Service. I, I, I don't know, you say the devotees are reading Prabhupada's books... And they're listening to his lectures. Uh, what did they, they edit in their mind? The things that Srila Prabhupada says? 
or did they just accept it as Krishna was accepted by Arjuna, which Srila Prabhupada quotes in his introduction to Bhagavad Gita as it is. We should accept Bhagavad Gita as Arjuna accepted it. Sarva We have to accept everything that Krishna says as the truth. So we have to accept everything that Srila Prabhupada says. So if you're not doing that, well, it's up to you. everyone has to make their own decision. It's up to you. But I would be very, very cautious unless I was completely convinced that uh, by taking guidance here, my path back to Godhead will be clear. One should have complete faith. So, anyway, I've spoken about all these things in detail on quite a few occasions. So, for more inf- information about all this, you could send another email and then you could... You, Well, anonymous means they must have sent from some email address. Oh, I see. Well, you, 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 you put a dummy ideal, dummy ID, email ID, and then you can access your mail on that for that purpose. Anyway, um, there is somewhere on my website. There's somewhere some my statement about my concerns about ISKCON. How. There are so many fanciful introductions going on. So there are a whole list of lectures at that which uh, express how uh, in various ways, various parts of our movement is going away from Srila Prabhupada's pure teachings. And... uh, yeah, you can listen to that. Make your own decision. If in doubt, just pray to Krishna and wait. That's all. Only when you're fully convinced about everything. Of course, in the neophyte stage, we may not be fully convinced. That's the very definition of a neophyte. Jaha kumal shraddha shekha So practically to to take to spiritual life, one has to come or one has to be approaching the Madhyam Adhikari level. Kanishta means they have some material interest. When one is very serious for achieving the ultimate goal of life, then they, then they should approach a spiritual master. For the sake of understanding that science, one should approach a guru. And that science, this, this is a quote, uh, 
from uh, Bhagavatam. Prior to that, Krishna has explained how everything in this world, including going to the heavenly planets, is completely useless. Therefore, one should aspire, tasyaivaheto prayateta kovito talabhyate yat brahmatam yadupyada. Talabhyate. Talabhyate dukavad anya those who are actually intelligent and philosophically inclined should aspire for that which cannot be attained even by wandering up and down the universe, round and round, on and on, that which is beyond this material world. So for that purpose we should come and make the uh, make our focus very clear. Krishna consciousness is so urgent, we can't wait to feed all the poor people. You feed some poor people, other poor people will remain hungry. It's like when Srila Prabhupada, he approached Srila Bhaktisthan Sarsar Thakur for the first time in 1922, and as a young man there, he challenged Bhaktisthan Saraswati and said, okay, your preaching is very nice, but first our country needs independence. Then we can talk about all these spiritual things. And Bhaktisthan Saraswati Thakur said that the Krishna consciousness is so urgent, we can't wait for any political adjustment. And practically speaking, it was another 25 years after that, before India got so-called independence. And, uh, previously, India was being looted by the British, and now we have the satisfaction of being looted by fellow Indians. <laughs> so, so, <clears throat> so, if in 1922, Bhaktisthan Sasar Thakur had met Abhay Charan, day and he said oh really I never thought about that yeah actually we should you're right we should have independence okay close down the Gorya Mart and join Gandhi's independence movement then uh, there wouldn't have been all this preaching there wouldn't have been AC Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada to go to the western countries someone you may spend uh, half an hour one hour making some movie on how we're feeding the poor people and engage so many devotees and doing that and so much money in doing that, crores and crores of rupees. Those devotees could be actively preaching Krishna consciousness and giving people what they really need. When uh, two Christian priests came to Srila Prabhupada in Detroit, and they, they spoke about, well, we, we want to express our religion practically by feeding the poor. And Srila Prabhupada, he quoted from the Bible what Jesus said when, when that objection was brought to Jesus himself. Jesus said, the poor will always be with us. You can't remove poverty from the world. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't 
have prasadam distribution to poor people and this and that, but we shouldn't present it as our uh, as our program. That's what we do. And we shouldn't make it our main program either. Everyone is poor. Everyone needs prasadam. Distribute prasadam to everyone. So, anyway, like I said, I've spoken about these things on many occasions. By the way, upholding pure Brahminical standards is supposed to be the duty of all the followers of Srila Prabhupada, not just one or two. And uh, public outreach programs. What is this word, outreach? What happened to the word preaching? You know, outreach. Outreach means when you reach out to people but you don't preach to them, is it? I don't know. This word outreach is a new word in our society. You you go out, you reach out to people, but you don't. It may be indirect or something. We used to use the word preaching. Uh, it kept things clear what we're supposed to be doing. <laughs> uh, in no way can the midday meals program be called a preaching program, unless you really want to tweak the word, the meaning of the word. To in, in well, the word preaching is, as the saying goes, preaching is the excuse often. For in in many temples, preaching means going out and collecting money. Which, well, it's preaching to people to give their money. <laughs> and we see what happens with that. That devotees who do that, they generally become more. They become more concerned to take money from people than to preach Krishna consciousness to them. And they become very money conscious in many cases. So you may say, well, we're preaching, we're collecting money so that we can preach. But then you can't preach because you're collecting money. If I, if I preach this person, he might not give me any money. So better don't preach to him, just take the money. And then we become, then our goal becomes money and not so in the same way, if we, if we're doing, we're helping the poor, we're feeding the children, we go on and on talking like that, we might forget that actually we're supposed to be, you may say we're just doing it to trick people so that they can give money and then we can use it to do what Srila Prabhupada didn't want us to do, but because, uh, we're devotees, therefore they get some benefit. It's a very roundabout way. So, and if, if we go on talking, if you go on talking and talking like that all the time, we're feeding the poor, we're helping the children, then you start to think like Mother Teresa or something. Maybe that's what you want to be, I don't know. I'd, personally, I knew of Mother Teresa before I joined the Christian Conscious Movement, even though she wasn't so famous at that time. And I wasn't impressed by her at that time, and I was never impressed by her. I'm still not impressed by her. I lived in Calcutta for quite some time, and no one ever spoke anything about Mother Teresa. <laughs> uh, the, the, we used to see plenty of people living on the railway tracks and from time to time the Calcutta Municipal Corporation would put these huge drain pipes out with the idea of putting them under the ground. But in the meantime, uh, people would put some fencing on the outside and make it into their house and uh, then they'd get the party, which means CPIM, in, in, Bengal called, in West Bengal called the party. They were so much in control at that time. Communist Party of India, Marxist. So then that was their home. And they got a little number on the, number on the outside and the ration card giving their address. 
drain pipe number 71 or something. I don't know how they did it. But, but I, what I mean to say, there's plenty of poverty with Mother Teresa doing all her saintly activities. There was widespread poverty. It made hardly a little dent in the poverty of Calcutta. So, it's by hype, by advertisement, someone can become known as saintly. Otherwise, there are plenty of people in India doing social service as well as Mother Teresa, but because she got promoted, she's so great, she's so wonderful. So many people are doing social service. If you have a good advertising agency, you can become known as a great welfare worker. When I was in Bangladesh, there was a, we had some project and then some woman, I can't remember where she was from, from America, I can't remember. And uh, she collected some funds and she built some school and she made this movie about herself, going around the school and kissing the children and then she she uh, she released it called the Angel of Bengal. <laughs> she crowned herself. A clear case of one in it, of doing some welfare work for the sake of becoming known as a saintly person. But mostly, anyway, hard, I think hardly anyone sent their kids to the school because it was a village area and, and kids. Uh, what are they going to anyway they're going to farm the land so what are they what are they going to do going to school well how is it going to help them so they didn't send their kids now in Bangladesh same as everywhere you see on the back of what used to see on the back of auto rickshaws things like uh, namaz beheste chabi which means namaz saying prayers is the way to go to heaven and and things like uh, Allah Barosha. You can understand that. Allah is a... What's the word for it? Shelter? Something like that. Now you, the most common thing is Apna Shantanera Shkule Patau. Send your kids to school. It's it's changed. You see little kids in Bangladesh going to school. What are they going to do? You know, still, there's rice fields. Most of the country is rice fields, so you can, while you're while you're replanting the rice, you can think of Pythagoras's theorems that you learned at school. Or maybe you can get a job in the. Uh, you can get a job in the in the. Uh, factory producing clothes for America which time to time they catch on fire and burn it's happened a few times in the last months I don't know I just I just see this modern society as just completely insane totally insane top to bottom nothing makes any sense so going to school to what to become a become another madman in this insane society and waste your whole life. It's just... What's the point? Better learn about Krishna. Or even if you're not going to learn about Krishna, learn something useful. Like uh, 
For instance, the uh, in traditional society, the the potter, the barber, the farmer, they always had a job. No question. Nowadays, there's no pots, not much, because everything's produced in factories. But everyone had, had they, they don't need all this. Anyway, I've said this so many times. People, they're forced to go to school for 10 years, and then most of them end up driving auto rickshaws and working in factories anyway. So what's, so this whole idea, we're, we're feeding the children and helping them to get a better future. What better future? Still, most of the kids who go to school, they, go, they don't have a job, or they're a pickpocket, or a prostitute, or a, or a, uh, or a drug pusher, or an auto rickshaw driver, or a, in Bombay, Dabawala. That's also a family business. Dabawala's son becomes a Dabawala. Sounds like that. You all know what a Dabawala is? Yeah. Maybe if they're from Andhra Pradesh, they don't know. You know what that is? The, I, I think that's going to be dying out because all the women are going to work. But the women stay at home and cook the meal for their husband and it's brought in a tiffin box which the Dabawala comes around and collects it from their home puts it on a big tray on his head, gets on the local train, and delivers it hot at, tea, at lunch break to the husband. So that's their job. That's what they do. That's how they make their living. So you don't need to go to school for 10, 12 years to be a Dabawala. But it's, it's, I think it's going to be dying out because all the women are working also. And in many cases you'll find the women are working and the men are not working. So you have the house husband instead of the housewife. Instead of the garwali, you have the garwala. <laughs> or there's, uh, it's not hamdo hamare do, it's ham ek hamare Ham ek meri do. It's a woman, no husband, and two kids. So it's all in this whole Society is just completely insane. And they're, they're just pushing it, you know. You have to send your kids to school. You have to have human rights and give them a good future. And we're building up the nation by sending the kids to school. The poor kids. For me, if I think of my time at school, I think that's, that's good enough reason to want to go back to God just so I don't have to go to school again. It's just so horrible. I just hated it. I remember because the school I attended, it was like two, three floors, and it was next to some fields outside. So I used to look at the field. How much I'd like to be out there instead of in here. I'd spend all day looking at the fields and wishing I was out there instead of in, in the prison called the school, teaching all things which, as even one of our teachers admitted to us, that... As soon as you finish the exam, you can forget 90, 95% because it's of no use to you anyway. Hmm. One of our teachers was honest. Once in the class, I said to the, one of the teachers, same teacher, I said, this is all nonsense. Sociology class. I said, yeah, but anyway, you have to learn it so you can write it in the exam. That's all. He had me, sociology is this discussing how the fishermen, they, the life of the fishermen, they go out to sea, 
They earn lots of money, they come back, they spend it all getting drunk, and then they go out to sea again. And they call it sociology. They have all these fancy terms like anime and ennui. And everyone knows. Fishermen, they, they go out to sea, they come back, they get drunk, they produce another baby. In the meantime, they go back to sea again, and that's their life. And why do you have to study it with sociology and have all these fancy terms? They're just nonsense. So, Hare Krishna. It's, one should have a healthy sense of understanding that everything in this world is completely useless. The only, yeah, Allah Barosa, the only shelter is, the only hope is Allah. Or Krishna, there's nothing in this world. Nothing. Ah, what is it? Shakali Nirasha. What is that? How's that? You know, Tarkasan. I can't remember now. Tava Kripa Bina Shakali Nirasha. Dehomore Padashray. Shuno Shuno Ebe Prabhu Amigoti Heen Bhakati Vino Dakoi. Tava Kripa Bina Shakali Nirasha. Ah. What was the last line I said? Deho more So Bhaktivinoda Thakur says that uh, praying to Krishna, hear me now, Prabhu, God, Shunarebi Prabhu, Ami Gati Heen, I have no direction, I don't know where I'm going, what I'm doing. Bhaktivinoda Koi, Bhaktivinoda says, Without your mercy, everything is hopeless. Give me the shelter of your lotus feet. So this should be our prime. Not that we have faith that Yasra will encourage the kids to go to school and they're building up their hopes that yes, we're getting, we're, we're gonna have a good future. It's, it's promoting what should not be promoted. Natei vidu swartakating hi vishnum. Foolish persons, they don't know that their real goal of life is Vishnu. Their real self-interest lies in Vishnu. They have so many hopes. I will be, I will do this, I will do that, I will be a great success. Be all that you can. What was that? Oh yeah, I remember I saw that on, uh, what was it, ISKCON News, there was a, an ISKCON leader who gave a five-minute video presentation and the, the essence of it was be all that you can. Nothing, no, nothing Bhagavad Gita or any such thing. But be all that you can. And with, with no spiritual context whatever, whatsoever, which means that without giving any spiritual context, it's just promoting be a success in this material world, which is nonsense. So there is a lot of nonsense which is being promoted by many people who claim to follow Srila Prabhupada. But we can say these things because Srila Prabhupada made it very clear to us what is sense and what is nonsense. So 
we should follow that which makes sense and not anything else. Anyway, Hare Krishna. Any question about this? Yeah. Yeah. Gurukul and poor feeding program should be developed, it will make us very popular. Yeah, okay. Srila Prabhupada said that. What about the Gurukul? How about that? That's dropped. Now in the name of Gurukul, there's all this, uh, all this um, mundane schools. Poor feeding, Srila Prabhupada is writing to Jayapitaka Maharaj. That was a program that, uh, which I mentioned that in Mayapur at that time, there were so many... Bangladeshi refugees and Srila Prabhupada encouraged that uh, the American government can send grains and will distribute prasadam at Mayapur. Srila Prabhupada said not to go out to the emergency place. He said do it in Mayapur itself. But it wasn't that Srila Prabhupada uh, promoted this like he said like he promoted book distribution, like he promoted Guruko. There may be one letter saying that in the specific context of Mayapur, but there are many other letters where he says that we are not interested in, uh, in simply feeding the poor. He said, if there, there, there's, there's that other letter, you can find that where Sir Prabhupada says that simply giving food is nonsense. There must be spiritual instruction also. But this uh, midday meals program, it's against the law to give any spiritual instruction or to give any idea that it's got anything to do with Krishna consciousness. So you, you can't do it without disobeying Srila Prabhupada in this regard. And yeah, and what about the Gurukul? That's another thing. Why don't you do that instead of all these mundane schools? Anything else? Are you trying to find that one? You can put in food and nonsense and look in the letters. It should come up. And read that uh, presentation that Srila Prabhupada gave to the Andhra Pradesh Drought Relief Fund. That's one line in a private letter. This is this is a whole presentation that was meant for the public, where Srila Prabhupada writes about the Drought Relief Fund. How we're not going to help. Did you find that? Anyway, that's the gist of it. You can find it. Simply giving food is nonsense. There must be spiritual instruction. Also. Although in Mayapur at that time there was, there wasn't much question of spiritual instruction because 
people are in a very distressed position, having been driven out of their homes or, and, and families split apart in many cases. Many members of the family uh, killed. And not being a particularly philosophical bunch anyway. Hmm? You got it? Yeah. Read it then. Letter to Guru Das. If you open a branch in Madras, actually there are so many poor children there. Spiritual education and food, that is proper. Simply supplying food is nonsense. Spiritual injection means just to inject in their ears spiritual philosophy. Externally they chant beads. Wear tilak. Without any discrimination of Hindu or Muslim. Or anything. That uh, in Madras, now called Chennai, that... Uh, Mahamani Krishna Prabhu, who recently passed away, started a program like that. He had a program for poor children. I think anyone was allowed to come, but a lot of poor children came. And he gave them some education, of course, they, but he also gave, had them put on tilak, chant rounds, learn shlokas, and this and that. So he did those two things side by side. So he gave them Prasadam and Krishna consciousness, both. But in the midday meals program, you can't say it's prasadam. You're not allowed to. You're not even allowed to present that it's anything, anything to do with spiritual life. So you can't do that. I have a personal objection that I, I joined this movement for finding the truth and then, uh, I was part of a movement that was recognized whether people liked it or not as one that's promoting Bhagavad Gita and the chanting of Hare Krishna. But nowadays many people think that our movement is, its main function is feeding children with no spiritual understanding whatsoever. They like us, but on a wrong basis. Mm. When we got bookish mission, many people they take it over. They are doing very nice. So many people are feeding India, and they ask, we want to sponsor for one child or two child. How much? How to take it over? When you go on book distribution, people, many people tell you that they like your food distribution program, and they'd like to sponsor. You'd like to sponsor the uh, food distribution. One, one or two children. How much is it? Well, maybe you could take their money and give them a Bhagavad Darshan subscription. It's a suggestion. What do you say? There's no doubt if you do social welfare work, people will like it. And they'll give profusely for it. But 
that in and of itself will not spread Krishna consciousness. And your function, you're going out door to door to give spiritual knowledge in the form of Srila Prabhupada's books. Your function will get diverted also. Because if you say, okay, uh, we'll take your money and distribute food, then uh, you come down to their platform of mundane goodness mixed with passion, or more like mundane passion and ignorance mixed with a touch of goodness. It, it, you can try and explain to them, but it becomes very confusing because at least previously, maybe people didn't like us so much, but it was very clear in people's minds what our mission is. Nowadays, people think that our mission is something what actually our mission is not supposed to be. And so to disabuse them of this, in other words, to deconfuse them, it's very difficult. And I don't think our own devotees even understand so you may say that many people are coming and chanting Hare Krishna, but they don't understand what the real purpose of this movement is. I told these things many times. At once, I was in Bahrain, and a devotee was introduced to me. Oh, he's a doctor. He's recently come from India, and he's. Oh. So he introduced me. First time I seen him in my life, and he said, "Oh, he just started a new eye camp." as if I was supposed to be all enthused about that. For him, clearly, the I-camp, he's initiated devotee, the I-camp is the center of what he considers to be his devotional life. So, something wrong there. I, I, at Nandagokulam, a local doctor came and said that that uh, we can organize an eye camp here. He said, no, we're not interested. He said, no, you don't have to do anything. Just give us space and uh, we'll, we'll organize everything. And he was very upset. He couldn't understand why you don't want to do this. Actually, I'm not against that. If we have some big festival or something, you could have something like that on the side. There's no harm. But then, if, if people think that that's our main mission, then we're in trouble. And in Jamnaga, our devotees fairly recently opened a preaching center there. Immediately someone came and said that, look, I'll give you land, I'll give you money, and you build a hospital. He said, well, we don't do it. He said, why, why do you mean you don't do that? You do do that. You're, you're taking money from us for doing it. <laughs> So people now, they don't, they are confused about our mission. We've created confusion in people's minds. So I see, you may say it's uh, it made us very popular and many people are joining, but I see that the, it's a deviation from, from the actual mission, which is to teach people that everything in this material world is useless. We have to get out of this miserable place and go back home, back to Godhead. Anyway. Everything I've said this morning is just repeating what I've said previously on several occasions. Several may be an understatement. Both approaches, both approaches are required. Uh, this is the argument here. But having both kinds is necessary for growth and maintaining purity. 
In other words, we'll grow with our bogus ideas and you maintain the purity. But you can't maintain the purity if bogus ideas are presented as bona fide. So I maintain the purity for who? And it's not that I'm just sitting alone. I mean, it's, there are others coming also. It's not that I, it's not that I just sit at home and talk about purity, but we, uh, there is outgoing preaching also. As far as social welfare work is concerned, Srila Prabhupada clearly, Srila Prabhupada's main emphasis was on Varnashram, going back to the land, living simply. That was Srila Prabhupada's overarching social out, outreach, if you want to call it. He definitely didn't want to promote mundane education, which is what's going on with this uh, midday meals. Yeah. Jayad Veda Swami gave the seminar, Food for Death. Yeah. More than 500 quotes from Srila Prabhupada he gave. He, he pulled out more than 500 quotes about why we shouldn't present ourselves as social welfare workers. Two or three quotes like that. Then why do... Why do big, big leaders not follow this? You ask them. Why don't they follow? I was, I had a discussion with the big, big leader, which was being mentioned here. And another big, big leader was present there. And the other big, big leader said to him that, well, I was here, was, was here with Srila Prabhupada in Bombay. And practically every day someone would come and say, why don't you open a hospital? Why don't you open a medical camp and a school? We'll provide everything in Prabhupada. Every day would say no. The response? Ignored it. So, I don't know. They got a better idea how to preach? It may seem like that. It's more popular. But then, people who are clearly cheaters, like Sri Sri Ravi Shankar, for instance, who doesn't give any clear spiritual knowledge and is just promoting himself, uh, well, he's more popular. So, popularity, okay, but first we have to get this Siddhanta right. Understand what is clearly what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, it's a very strong claim that I'm making that much of our movement, including certain leaders who are highly respected and considered most saintly, are actually deviated. How will we understand? Will we do we judge only by Falena Pirparichiate, judge by the result? Or do we have to, do we actually have to listen to what Srila Prabhupada says and understand what he says and act on that basis? 
Fortunately, I'm not alone in saying all these things. Okay, let's finish that. Hare Krishna.